This, this word heart, where David said, Lord, I give you my heart. Uh, I mean, Solomon says that. It, it just simply means the center of anything. Right in the middle. God said, I, I want you to have what is controlling me, Lord. Isn't it funny we'd have to say, ask God, Lord, I give you my heart. Because as we're going to read from these scriptures, as we read about the heart, you wonder why we'd want to hang on to it. Because the Word of God says a lot of things about the heart, and none of them are good. You'll hear people say, well, he's a good-hearted person, or she's a good-hearted person. It's just simply not true. That person is non-existent. The only one that was, we crucified. The only one who had a good heart. And we're going to start, uh, no surprise, in Jeremiah 17, real familiar scripture. We're going to look at the problem with the heart. I've heard people when they were uh, getting ready to make decisions, even uh, serious decisions, maybe about buying a house or a spouse or something, you'll hear people tell them, well, just go with your heart. I want to just take them and choke them. I said, are, are you serious? You can't go with your heart for something like that. You can't trust your heart for anything. It says in Jeremiah 17, verse 9, most of us could quote this, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Verse 10, I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. This word deceitful and desperately wicked. Wicked means frail, incurable, sick, or woeful. That's what it says about our hearts. Your heart and my heart. It is a wicked thing, and why in the world we want to hang on to it? The oddest thing, I think, is what we hang on to in our heart is what God wants the most. The very thing that's hidden back in those cracks and crevices that we don't think anyone else knows about, that's, that's the part of our heart God really wants. Because that thing is really, that's in there is an idol. Because it is held in higher esteem than our Lord because we think that we need to hang on to it for personal satisfaction. Now turn to, we're going to jump around a little bit. Turn to Psalm 44. Just, I just want you to see what the Word of God says about our hearts. In verse 20 in Psalm 44, it says, If we have forgotten the name of our God or stretched out our hands to a foreign God, would not God search this out? For he knows the secrets of the heart. Isn't it amazing? God, we can, we can hug someone and tell them we love them. And God knows we don't care for them at all. Aren't you glad you've never done that? I know people who have, though. God looks inside the heart. He looks inside that heart. He sees it just as if it is lit up. Uh, Psalm 66, verse 18 says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. With all this praying and everything we do, if you're regarding iniquity in your heart, God says, I I'm not hearing you. We know there's a lot of things that we can hold in our heart 
you'll, uh, you'll hear people say, as you start talking to them, a bitter and angry person, sometimes they'll go clear back to childhood. And it's, it's, that would be a hard thing to walk around with a lot of stuff all your life in your heart. It will make you old long before your time. Matthew 15. I promise it will get better, but you're just going to have to bear with me because I look for good things about the heart as I was searching this, and I'm stumped. I really am. Verse 10 in Matthew 15 says, When he called the multitude to himself, he said to them, Hear and understand, not what goes into the mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth. This defiles a man. Then his disciples came and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended, offended when they heard this saying? I want to say, Who cares about the Pharisees? But he says they were offended. But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone. They're blind leaders of the blind, and if the blind leads the blind, both will fall into a ditch. Then Peter answered and said to him, Explain this parable to us. So Jesus said, Are you also still without understanding? Do you not yet understand that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated? But those things which proceed out of the mouth, they come, yeah, from the heart. And they defile man. These, the, the words that you and I speak, they're coming from our heart. Whether we even mean for them to or not, that's where they, they, they come from. For out of the heart, look at this. Why in the world would we not want to give God our hearts? For out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. Not one thing listed is good. Not one thing. God says, that's what's in our heart that's deceitful and desperately wicked. This is, this is the stuff that is in our hearts. He said, these are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. All that stuff is in you and I. And if you're sitting there, you think, well, it's, it's not in me. I, I feel like I'm a good-hearted person. I would love to be behind you on Maple Avenue sometime. God, doesn't it just bring it out? As, uh, it, it makes us realize we don't have a good heart. I don't need convinced that I do not have a good heart. I, I want a heart that will think the best of people and believe the best in people, be kind to people. It is a war. But those things make us realize hey, we don't have good hearts. We just don't. It's part of this fallen nature. Sweet little Sophie's just four days old now. She's cute as she can be, but she does not have a good heart. She's born with the same nature that you and I have. It bugs me to even say it. And yet I know it's true. Because all of us were Sophie at one time. And look at us. I'm serious. Matthew 5. 
Verse 27, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. It's happened already, Jesus said. It's no wonder he was not popular. This does not fill churches. He must not have understood that. Tell me how good I am. That's what most people want to hear. I heard someone say uh, years ago, uh, well, I think that their problem is that they have low esteem. I said much the opposite. Their problem is they have high esteem. They think highly of themselves. If you have low esteem, that would be a wonderful thing. That's not a problem. That's our goal. We're to esteem others better than ourselves. But we don't. We esteem ourselves better than others. You're looking at me like I'm crazy. I know it to be true. We esteem ourselves better than we esteem others because we have wicked hearts. I promise you this message will get a little bit easier to swallow, but for now, we, we've got to look at this word. What the word tells us is inside of us is not good. And what comes out of our heart is not good. Because the things that come out of our mouth, they're coming from the heart. We can, if we can, I've heard people say, well, I, I'm just going to speak my mind. They're going to know what I think. You do understand that's not a good thing for people to know what we're thinking. Oh, it's not. Because we all, there's not a person in this room that does not have, listen to me closely, that does not have a wicked heart. That there, our hearts, we just read what is in our hearts out of these things that proceed out of the hearts. I don't know why we hesitate to give God our heart. The Lord, I give you my heart. We need to give God our heart. You, only God, you, only you could take this thing and clean it up. Because a fallen nature, that heart is just alive and well. Has to be, this, I hate, I hate to use the word hate, but I hate my flesh. I hate my fallen nature. It just, I just so often think of Dracula. When I was a young kid, we had neighbors live next door. They loved Chiller Theater. And we watched Chiller Theater. And when Dracula would uh, get killed, I could just see him. He would still slowly come up out of that coffin. Remember it? They'd have to kill him again. He'd keep coming. To me, it's such a picture of our carnal nature. It, 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 we need to crucify it daily because old Drackey comes up several times a day, does it not? It can be on Maple Avenue. It could be on I-70. It could be in a classroom. It could be at work. It could be in your house. But we have a fallen nature because we have a wicked heart. So God must take control of our hearts. Even, uh, we don't like, like I said, we don't like to talk about kids being little and having wicked hearts. Look what the Word of God says, Proverbs 22. Verse 15 says, Foolishness is bound up where? In the heart of a child. In the heart of a child. But the rod of correction will drive it far from him. Far from him. There's been times when I've disciplined uh, my children when they were younger, and I would quote them that scripture, and I would tell them, zero in on that word far. I'm driving it far from you today. 
it's going to be far from you. Because I have to give an account one day of how I have raised you. God will come looking for me. And according to the word of God, there's a side of you that God has padded pretty well. And that's the side that's going to get up. So you beat him with the rod. He won't die. My kids are still here. They all been spanked pretty good. It won't kill them. It won't kill them. You'll do. Uh, listen, there, there's so many. There's a way which seems right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. You need to spank your kids. You need to spank your kids. You need to spank your children. Spank them. Don't beat them, but spank them. You'll make life easier for. And it'll probably, we'll probably get people who are lined up who want to help then back there. We're having to deal with your kids. You're not spanking. I, I, I don't care. I'm not on payroll. You, you can't fire me. I don't care. Listen, I know this works. I know this works. There, there's, there's foolishness bound up in the heart of those children. That they were born with it. You don't th- if you don't think you're, you think you're the exception, you let them not get their way, even a few months old. Just a few months old. No, what, no training needed? Nothing. Ah! <laughs> they, they, they let you know, don't they? It's the fallen nature. That's what's in their hearts. Because they have inherited it from us, we got it from Adam. It's a fallen nature. Proverbs 28, 26 says, Whoever trusts in his own heart is a fool. Isn't that the truth? Oh my gosh, how could you possibly trust in your own heart? I'm just going to... This is just what I feel. I know... I've, we, we've had people tell us, No, he's not saved, but God told me it's all right, he's going to be. I'm going to marry him. And so pastor says, You're going to get someone else to marry you. Because I'm not going to do it. Because that's, that's what's in that heart. Oh, I... But, so vain, I believe I can. I'm, I'm so wonderful, I can change them. Yeah, it's deceitful and desperately wicked. We deceive ourselves, do we not? I mean, we have uh, people who believe uh, that the schools are so messed up, and, and maybe some of them are, but <laughs> I remember telling Mark at one time 12 teachers can't be wrong. They're not all getting together and making up stuff. Not that many. Not that many. Maybe two or three, but that many, no. Because that's what's in that heart. It's what's in the heart. Look, it works. Our youngest was a rascal, as most of you know. He was. Because he's like his father. And I knew exactly how to raise him. I would be a step ahead of him. He would snow mother as I did mine. But I'm th- I thank God for dad, and I'm telling you it works. I mean, Nate is a man of God. He's a man of God. He knew, he, he knew we loved him. It would have been a lot easier not to deal with it. And I'm afraid that's what most parents are doing. And then they get mad at the schools because the schools have to deal with the kids they won't correct. And it was never multiple choice in our house. 
You, you two things, you are guaranteed a whooping, a spanking for. You sass my wife or you lie to me or her. No, there's no, no judge, no jury. You don't get a no, no plea, nothing. You get spanked. Because all liars have their place in the lake of fire. It's serious stuff. Psalm 62.10 says, If riches increase, set not thy heart upon them. You somehow come into money, does it, don't you be putting your heart there. Don't you do it. And isn't that funny when people say they, that scripture, anything you ask my name, uh, I'll give you. And so everyone says, cha-ching. They think, yes, God's going to bless me. He's going to make me rich. He's going to... That's what's in our heart. That's what's if we just if we were if the, there would be ever be one word that would come before dad dad or mama it would be more because that's what we want we want more no matter what it is we want more nothing ever satisfies us the flesh cannot be satisfied it cannot be satisfied that's why uh, those who are on death row started out with porn. Then it went to child porn. And then it just, it just grew and grew and grew and grew. Because your heart grows harder. It's what happens. We have wicked hearts. It's a problem. But there is a solution. And we all know the solution. It's Psalm 119. Another one we could quote. Verse 11 says... Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. I know that there's times when a uh, uh, pastor will have people come up here and just have a whole bunch of people pray and he'll have them line up. And I know my line's shorter. Because as we go uh, and we have problems in life, if you come through my line and you tell me that you're battling depression, you tell me you've you got things going on with your mind, you know what I'm going to ask you. Are you reading your word? And I know what I'm usually going to hear. Thank you. Not like I should. And yet, the, the word tells us if we hide his word in our heart, we won't sin against him. Can, I, I love Tom. It is that simple. It is that simple. We hide God's word in our heart so we don't sin against it. It works. But I'm busy. You don't understand. I'm busy. I understand. I'm afraid. Psalm 37. Worse than that, God understands. Verse 30. The mouth of the righteous speaks wisdom and his tongue talks of justice. The law of God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. I love that. Remember, just like Psalm 1, you meditate upon the word of God day and night, you'll be like that tree planted by the rivers of water bringing forth your fruit in your season. Your leaf won't wither, and whatever you do will prosper. Cha-ching! No! 
raising kids. The light of Christ shining through us. That's what happens with this word when it gets in our hearts. We, if you look at verse 9 before there, it just says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed to the word of God. The word of God in our heart is an awesome thing. Oh, it's an awesome thing. Or are we just too good-hearted? I wish I had enough nerve. I'd name you by name. I've been behind you when you were driving. You don't even know who you are, and there's been more than one. And I wonder how many of you can say that about me. <laughs> oh, Proverbs 3. There is a cure for this sick heart. There really is. Verse 1, my son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands for length of days, long life, and peace they will add to you. Wow. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths you trust in him with all of your heart though he slay me yes because guess what one day he's going to he's going to it's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. And you and I don't have the appointment book. He does. Proverbs 4, verse 20. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your heart to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. Keeping the word of God in our heart, he said, it'll be health to your flesh. This goes beyond the spiritual. I believe it's why Christians are the best looking people on planet earth. You meditate on that word of God day and night. It gets down into your heart. I'm telling you, it changes you. I think in Psalm 119, 130 says, The entrance of thy word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Light is produced from this word. It's just what happens. You can't fake light. It's there or it's not. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Light comes from this word in your heart. We need it in our hearts. I wonder what God has kept us from because we have meditated upon his word. I even just, I, I can't help but think of Isaiah 26, 3 says, I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Because he trusts in thee. When we, were, uh, when we went through what we did with our son, 
as we lost him to leukemia, uh, the, the trips in children's hospital, uh, none of them were pleasant. They just weren't. And when he would have to have an IV, especially at Children's in Cincinnati, when he had his bone marrow, bone marrow transplant, he would be hooked up to I don't know how many things. But as we were in that reverse isolation room and we could not go anywhere, you had to be gowned up, masked up. I'd go in that room, and this is my IV. I had it hooked up to me the whole time. All the time he was getting his, I was getting mine, and this word was going in my heart. I'm telling you, God will give you peace. You meditate on this word, you get it down inside your heart. This word, I guarantee you, will change you. It will change your heart. Isn't it amazing? God's word can change these wicked hearts. This thing that Jesus tells us is full of. Whew, nothing's good in it. Nothing is good. Nothing. Jeremiah 20. I was going to ask, I was almost going to set you up, but I didn't. Because <laughs> there are people who believe they have a good heart. Or if I'd ask you how many of you kids think your grandkids have a good heart. Well, theirs probably don't, but <laughs> that's what we think. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Verse 7, O Lord, you induced me and I was persuaded. You are stronger than I and have prevailed. I'm in derision daily. Everyone mocks me, for when I spoke, I cried out. I shouted, Violence and plunder, because the word of the Lord was made to me a reproach and a derision daily. Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in my heart like a burning fire shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back, and I could not. I love that. God, let your word be like a burning fire in our heart. Mary Perry said it best, grow a spine. We need to speak the word of God with clarity, need to speak it with truth, and I'm telling you, one day as we speak that word, we sow that seed, it will get in someone's heart. Because when we read about the parable of the sower and the seed, the enemy tries to quickly steal the word that's being sown in our heart. Because if that seed takes hold in our heart, Jesus said the worst case scenario is that seed, if it falls on good soil, would be 30-fold. That's pretty good. 30, 60, or 100, but the worst case is 30 if it's sown on good soil in our hearts. Oh, I say, God, let it fall on good soil here. Let it bring forth fruit in my life. Proverbs 19.21 says, There are many devices in a man's heart. Can you say amen to that? <laughs> many. And none of them are good. 
but the counsel of the Lord, that shall stand. That'll stand. God, what I'm wanting to do and what I should do, have you ever noticed, are two different things. God said, the counsel of the Lord will stand. Now turn to Hebrews 8. Oh yes, he's got a cure for this heart. Aren't you glad? He doesn't just leave us hanging. Verse 1 says, Now this is the main point of the things we are saying. We have such a high priest who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle which the Lord erected and not man. For every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices. Therefore, it's necessary that this one also have something to offer. For if he were on earth, he would not be a priest, since there are priests who offer the gifts according to the law, who serve the copy and shadow of the heavenly things, as Moses was divinely instructed when he was about to make the tabernacle. For he said, See that you make all things according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry inasmuch as he is also mediator of a better covenant which was established on better promises. You understand that's what happened at Calvary. Remember he said, this, this is the new covenant. My blood which is shed, this is the blood of the new covenant. Let's keep reading. I'm thankful for the new covenant. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for the second. Because finding fault with them, you and I, he says, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I'll make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant which I made with their, which I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. Because they didn't continue in my covenant. And I disregarded them, says the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they shall be my people. None of them shall teach his brother, his neighbor. And none his brother saying, know the Lord. For all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. I like that covenant. It's my only hope for getting heaven. When he sees the blood, he passes over me. But isn't it interesting that part of this covenant is he says, I'm going to write my laws on your heart. I'm going to write them on there. They're going to be like frontlets on your eyes. I'm, I'm going to want you to see them all the time because there is so much power in the word of God it will not return void. He said this is part of the covenant. I want you to always have this word in the center of you, in your heart, because it will dictate what everything else does. What a God. What a God. Who could dream up Calvary but God? He commended his love toward us while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us.
Ezekiel 36. Don't you love the word of God? Oh my gosh. I love this word. When I got saved, going on 34 years ago, I asked the Lord, I probably wasn't even saved in a month, I said, give me a hunger for your word and give me a discipline to do it. Oh, I'm so thankful for his word. Because I want to tell you what, it'll tell you whether or not your house is built on the sand or built on a rock. Because the rain are going to descend, the winds are going to blow, and the floods are going to come, no matter who you are. If they haven't already. You say, it's pretty peaceful right now. Hang on. It's a guarantee. It's coming for all of us. Start with verse 22. Therefore say to the house of Israel, Thus says the Lord God, I do not do this for your sake, O house of Israel, but for my holy name's sake, which you have profaned among the nations wherever you went. And I will sanctify my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, which you have profaned in their midst. And the nations shall know that I am the Lord, says the Lord God, when I am hallowed in you, before their eyes. For I will take you from among the nations, gather you out of all countries, and bring you into your own land. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and I'll give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you. I will cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. God says, I'm going to cause you to walk in my judgments. I'm going to cause you to walk in my statutes. I'm going to give you a new heart. I'm going to take out that, that heart of stone and I'm going to replace it with a heart of flesh. Maybe you're there. Tonight, maybe you're there Say, I don't know what's going on with me. My heart has gotten so hard, I can't even weep anymore. I'm not moved with any kind of compassion when I hear of someone going through a trial, someone passing away. It just, I just don't care anymore. Your heart has gotten hard. Ask God. God, take out this heart of stone put in a heart of flesh that I start loving people like you love people. That I esteem others better than myself. Creating me a clean heart. That's what we need. That's what we need. Jeremiah 21. If you guys want to come up here or if the booth has got some music. Verse 11. For I know the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope or an expected end. He said, Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I'll listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your Oh, that needs to go in your promise box. I say, 
You're going to look for me. You will find me if you look for me with all of your heart. And I'm just going to tell you about the war that goes on. When you and I come up here to pray, you, you have the same heart I do. If mine's wicked, you can't have a good one. And here's what happens. We come up here and we pray, and within seconds, we're thinking about work tomorrow. Or we're thinking about a bill. Or we're thinking about what someone said to us out there. Or we're thinking about the car that needs fixed. Listen, listen I know you do this because I do it. If it goes on in me, it has to go on in you. We find the cares of this world just consume us. And it's not seeking God with all of our heart. You understand? It's, it's a ploy from the enemy. It's a distraction. Now I would say tonight, we just need to ask God, give me a new heart. Give me a, take out this, this stinking thing made out of stone. Take it out. Let me weep with those that weep and rejoice with those that rejoice. If you find yourself just being so you don't care, that's not a good sign. Remember, they were marveled at the disciples said, and look how they love each other. That needs to be said of us. But I think in order for that to happen, God's got to do an operation tonight. I think he just needs to take out a lot of hearts of stone. Just admit it. Say, God, that's me. He's speaking to me. And what's the beauty? God said, you call to me, I'll answer. I'll show you great and mighty things you don't know. I'll give you a brand new heart. I'll give you a heart of flesh. I'll give you a tender heart. I want a tender heart. I want a tender heart. I'm so tired of me. I'm so tired of not caring, getting bad news and say, oh, well, God's got to change this heart. You've got some music. Go ahead and put it on back there. If you're, if you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus Christ, your name is not written in the book of life, He'll give you a brand new heart. He'll write your name there. You come, you repent of your sins, and you receive Christ as Lord and Savior. He will change your life. He will change your heart. Church, I'd say to you, if that word is speaking to you, like a fire shut up in your bones. You had better not let the enemy talk you out of it. You better run to this altar. Ask God to take out that heart of stone and put one in of flesh. The altar's open.